0: and this is founder coffee every two weeks I have coffee with a different founder we discuss life passions learnings in an intimate talk getting to know the person behind the company for this 15th episode I talked to Bart Lorang founder and CEO of full contact are on a mission to revolutionize contact data before full contact Bart had three other companies respectively in RPG games web design and hardware and enterprise software He grew up in rural Montana and now runs Full Contact from Boulder, Colorado, 30 minutes from the ski slopes. We talk about how his wife's address book inspired Full Contact, how he aligns the 300 brains in his organization, and how he encourages a culture that is about the whole person. Welcome to Founder Coffee. Hi Bart, it's uh, great to have you on Founder Coffee.
1: Hey, Joe, great to have you, great to be on.
0: Yeah, well, really lucky to have you. Uh, you're a founder of Full Contact. Um, for those who haven't heard of Full Contact yet, what do you guys do?
1: Well, Full Contact is a uh, cloud based identity resolution platform that turns partial contacts into full contacts. Um, so uh, lots of uh, software partners use us to you know, enhance and enrich the data inside their application. And then we have uh, a wide user base of end users that use it a useful contact to enrich their own contacts they have on their phone or in their uh, cloud-based contact accounts
0: yeah so you, you serve uh, I mean if, if, I, if, if I understand it well it's a uh, basically uh, people um, useful contact to centralize all the contact data they have right like yes like what's in their address book uh, like uh, their Facebook Contacts, their LinkedIn contacts, their Twitter contacts—it all comes together in full contacts, right? That's
1: right. All all the people you know, all in one place, and synced everywhere, so you have one uh, address book for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, and then you guys also use that data, uh, which is which is I, I assume all based on uh, publicly available information.
1: Yeah, well, and so we sit together publicly available information uh, about people to help you enrich uh, the data that's available on the web about those people.
0: Yeah. And then you guys also kind of sell that to, uh, companies that want to enrich, uh, data and other systems. Am I yeah. right? So,
1: yeah. Software companies license our APIs and incorporate that, that enrichment capability into their own apps as well.
0: Yeah. How did you, how did you come up with that idea actually?
1: Well, you know, it's actually a funny story. Uh, when I started the business, uh, I was, uh, I just started dating my wife and I was, uh, I just sold my mm-hmm. last company and uh, I was also in the process of like transitioning from a, from a Windows environment to a, to a Mac and I was having a lot of problems just transferring the contacts. It was like insanely hard, uh, mm-hmm. way harder than it needed to be, but, but my wife, uh, I, I got a peek one night at her, uh, her Outlook contacts. I'm not, I'm not sure why I was looking at her Outlook contacts, to be <laughs> honest. I just, I just remember looking at them and being completely astonished. Uh, they were the most pristine, immaculate contacts I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. they had, you know, full photo, full names, birthdays, spouse names, anniversary dates, notes on the kids, complete contact details that were just perfect. But yeah. and my contacts were a complete mess. In every business I'd ever run, uh, the contacts were a complete mess. And I said, I, I want that for me and my 5,000 contacts. She only had 180 contacts. Yeah. Uh, and I want that for my business as well. I said, you know, there really should be some company that just focuses only on contacts and makes the contact data great in any yeah. application.
0: And that's how it started. That's awesome. So you're, you're, you're this kind of guy that sees a, a problem and then figures like... How can I make this happen for everyone without too much work, basically?
1: That's right. I was trying to solve my own problem. Basically, I'm I'm lazy. I didn't want to take contact details. I don't think any salesperson or any, any professional that meets a lot of people likes doing that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How come your wife that had such pristine contacts? Is she a salesperson? Or?
1: Well, um, no, she's not a salesperson, but she's actually in the five-star hospitality industry. So she worked with like four seasons in Bellagio for Mm -hmm. about 20 years. And she was uh, the personal representative with a lot of celebrities. So she's actually a very mindful, emotionally connected person. So, uh, you know, she uses that information to be very thoughtful with people and keeps track of details so that she can reference them in future conversations and interactions. So it's actually key to hospitality and that service industry um, uh, and just to, to track your relationships, uh, which yeah. I found. Her.
0: So she's like a super salesperson or something.
1: Ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's like the luxury ser- hospitality service person that is, is a salesperson in disguise.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you're now you're with, with, uh, with full contact, you're bringing the possibility that, I mean, of the data of your wife to just everyone, uh, all the lazy right. people like you and me as well.
1: That's right. We have a, a tagline of be awesome with people. And really that's what it's about is have, have great
0: information
1: so you can be awesome with people.
0: Yeah. That makes total sense. You, you mentioned that you, um, you started full contact right after you sold your previous company. Um, uh, how many companies maybe did this my, did you have? this is my fourth business, fourth business. Yeah. What were the other businesses about?
1: Well, I had a, uh, I had a, when I was a, a young kid, I had a computer gaming business where mm-hmm. I wrote RPG games <laughs> and sold yeah. them on five and a quarter inch floppy disks. Um, and then I, and then, uh, later on I had a, uh, uh, like a web design and like hardware consulting business mm-hmm. um, I was in high school with a, uh, a bunch of friends. I sold that company uh, to another company and huh. then ultimately uh, started a business that uh, in my last company before this one was in the enterprise software space. We managed uh big logistics, uh, mining manufacturing department of defense uh, type of, 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 of contracts. Um, <laughs> and it was SAS before SAS was SAS, right huh. uh, in a, in a pretty old line industry. And then, uh, sold that business in 2009
0: yeah so you made a a big switch actually from well from games to (laughs) websites and hardware to really like boring stuff yeah enterprise and then
1: and And then then to
0: full contact
1: then full contact which is a mix of consumer prosumer enterprise software it's all of the above
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. it's 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 a it's it's becoming a complex organization at full contact I sometimes speak to uh, to your colleagues and the one who's responsible for this side of full contact. The other one is responsible for that side. It's like you guys do a lot of things from one company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a challenge to simplify the the partner experience. So I'll have
0: to mm-hmm. work on that. Yeah. Now uh, you, you, you started creating companies from very early on. Why do you think that is? How did that how did that get about? Um, you know, I uh, I think as a
1: child I was uh, I grew up in rural Montana mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't a particularly technology savvy part of the world um, at that time. All my friends and relatives were, you know, hunting and fishing, and I was, you know, <laughs> writing computer games. Um, and so, you know, I was probably. More, you know sort of self-sufficient and and by myself more than uh was healthy and so uh i guess you know as an entrepreneur you learn when you learn that self-sufficiency you just think it's the obvious thing to do is to start a company uh and do it yourself and figure it out and then once yeah. you've done it once you're like wow wow i think i actually had a stint for three months where i tried to go to work for another company at office max selling computers and i mm-hmm. really didn't like um, and I think once you, once you get that entrepreneurship in you, it's hard to get out. I, I joke that I'm pretty much unemployable elsewhere.
0: <laughs> so you, you, you went from, from programming games to selling computers.
1: Yep. that's
0: yeah. right. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like a story that many entrepreneurs have in common and basically that you, you, you feel like creating a lot of stuff and then yeah. you get into a job where you're your creative, creativity is somehow impaired and then you, you just get out again and, and do it yeah. all yourself.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, the, the, the downside, obviously, is that uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, you know, conflate their their company with their own sense of self-identity, mm-hmm. and self-worth, right? And, and uh, being an entrepreneur becomes to define you, um, mm-hmm. which would be unhealthy if, if you don't watch that.
0: Yeah, you think you're doing that or
1: oh i mean look uh, i think that we always dip into that i, I mean I, I probably wear a full contact t-shirt far too often i think in my last company <laughs> yeah <laughs> my last company i was really like my identity was my company and that was really hard to part ways um yeah so th- this one i'm a little you know having a few kids helps ground yeah. you you know for sure but uh I, I i certainly got into the the mode a little bit too much where Bart is the face of full contact, which I'm, I'm I have mixed emotions about
0: right yeah so you, you were saying that you were already like like self sufficient and doing other things uh, than the other kids in school. you yes. think you were the the nerdy kid in school back then?
1: I was totally the nerdy kid in school. everybody would go to recess and play sports, and I would stay in the inside and and write software and write work on my computer games. I would yeah. also program my. I had a Texas Instruments calculator. I would program games on the Texas uh, yeah. calculator in assembly or basic <laughs> and distribute them to my classmates via hardwiring. So yeah, I was definitely the nerdy kid.
0: Yeah. But now you are, you are, let's say a successful entrepreneur. Um, I mean, full contact is doing well. Yep. Uh, what are actually your ambitions from here?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, Full Contact, we've always viewed ourselves as um, as sort of a, a Switzerland-like neutral approach to solve the end user's problem, and, and we still see we have massive opportunity. I mean, uh, we started the, the, the company with the idea that we could fix every contact record in the world and make every contact record amazing, no matter mm-hmm. what software application or database it's in, and so we're a long ways from that goal. So, we still have a long ways to go, uh, and we're having fun. While well, we're having fun, we'll keep we'll keep doing it. We're now we're now almost 300 people globally, and uh, you know uh, we still have a long ways to go. Uh, so our ambition is to fix every contact record in the world.
0: Yeah. And uh, where do you see that end game? Are there any any huge things still coming up, or is it is well, it going think- to be about cleaning data mostly, or?
1: I think it's it's identity resolution and insights around the identity and ultimately allowing people to own and control their own identity record, right? That's the Mm long-term vision we have. So you could say, hey, I'm I'm Bart or I'm Jerome and and here's me. And by the way, here's the thousand address books or CRMs I'm in across the planet and I want to control that record, right? Um, And understand who can communicate with me who can't. I think that's the ultimate vision, but it requires some thoughtfulness around the approach the long the long view
0: yeah yeah it might be a good thing for the new uh, you know GDPR um yeah. that exactly. you can actually control where your data is in what's in what's form and then you can adapt it
1: yeah uh, yeah I mean I think that's a very timely comment given the fact in the last week I think mm-hmm. it probably about a thousand emails from companies saying we've updated our privacy policy yeah. <laughs> update you know it'd be like from a consumer perspective it's actually a nightmare
0: yeah uh, in terms of uh, if you're a customer I mean, of a lot of SaaS companies like we are well, it's it's an enormous amount of work
1: yeah I not only a SaaS
0: company but but from a
1: consumer having to manage my relationship with every brand independently without this notion of a consent wallet. Right? Like, yeah. I don't have a single place I can just manage this. True. <laughs> it's like really frustrating.
0: Yeah. I guess is this step number one. Step number yes. one is that you actually have the control. Uh, yeah. And then players like you can step in and say, okay, you want to have the control in a nice way? Yeah. Well, we're here. I mean, if, if, if people Ask to update their data now in full contact. It it gets uh, if 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 other systems pull the data, then then they pull that updated data, right?
1: Yes, that's right. And we've had that for seven years now. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, we've always said, hey, look, the user should be able to control how they appear to the, the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the right to be forgotten principle of like, because kind full of contact fundamentally aggregates. Hey, here's the here's the public footprint of somebody. Uh, if you went and performed a Google search and did it manually, so let, let's give people the control—the control, the control there—to say, "Hey, yeah. here's me, right, uh, here's me across the ecosystem."
0: Do you think it could be interesting, perhaps to have some kind of, um, uh, let's say, a sort of single sign-on solution with full contact that yeah, people you know, have? Time, that
1: might be an interesting way to go, for sure.
0: Yeah, because currently everything is linked to. Let's say Facebook or Google or Microsoft, everybody is making their uh single sign on solutions, but they're always linked to um a company where you, you have the feeling that at least you cannot fully control the data you're you're giving um and it's also not central because it's like it uh you have your Google profile, you have your facebook profile um and then maybe you adapt it in one place, but it doesn't adapt in the others. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think I think I think it's identity is an interesting thing to to come at from a bunch of different angles. Um, I, I think ultimately requires a company that's neutral, right? Yeah, uh, and doesn't have necessarily vested interest about that, and is on the side of the user as opposed mm-hmm. to their own economic flywheel.
0: Yeah makes sense yeah enough about contacts and all that uh, mm-hmm. this is uh, something that interests me very much but uh let's go on other topics um you you guys are like uh heavily vc funded company right that's right yeah yeah what 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 is the reason for you to go down the vc track i see that you use it a lot for acquisitions is that is that part of the reason or
1: yeah i mean i think um i think you know, when, you, when you're when you building something really big and ambitious, it mm-hmm. a lot of capital to get off the ground, and you need a lot of runway, VC is the appropriate route. My, my last companies were bootstrapped. So I, I, there's mm-hmm. pros and cons to both. I, I think that, uh, you know, it's all about how fast you want to move and how ambitious you want to be. Um, mm-hmm. We certainly used, um, you know, capital for acquisitions. We made eight smallish acquisitions now of different, Size teams and mm-hmm. so that helps to be venture backed uh in those modes because you can use your stock as a currency yeah. uh, as well as, as a little bit of capital um and uh you know you can also just you know have have a go-to-market engine that, that that's effective when you're bootstrapped it can be very challenging um even you never have re- enough resources look when you're venture funded you have never have re- enough resources either but <laughs> it's a uh, it's a trade-off between sort of growth and profitability
0: yeah and why, why were you non-VC backed previously? Was that a, a conscious choice or just rolled into it? Well,
1: I guess we just didn't know the the VC market. I mean, it was the 90s, so we mm-hmm. probably should have in retrospect. And, you know, yeah. come public in 1998 without any revenue. But mm-hmm. uh, those are the days, I guess. Uh, but uh, we uh, it was just we didn't know any other way. Yeah.
0: Okay so what what is it, what is it that that you you Bart as a founder do at, at full contact today like you you have a big team What role do you still play in a company?
1: Yeah, so I, I can I bring my job into three things, right mm-hmm. One is vision and strategy and making sure that's well understood mm-hmm. Two is um, uh, uh, building the team and making sure that they understand their job and you know hire, recruit, retain. Three mm-hmm. is making sure the company has enough resources to effectively operate. So that's capital or people. Yeah. And um, right now, you know, we got plenty of resources uh, at the moment. So I'm not worried about that. The, the thing that I focus on intently as we scale is organization building. So building the machine that builds the machine is mm-hmm. a phrase that I, I, I like to parrot. Um, but it's like building the product's easy. Building the the organization that builds the great product is hard, yeah. and uh, the organization has these these things called people, which you can't <laughs> put system tests around or integration tests or you know <laughs> test driven development. They engage differently. You add a different person in the mix, and the thing can completely break. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really challenging. It you know a few hundred people to 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 be thoughtful about that and get three hundred brains working in the, on the same thing in the same direction yeah so that's, that's what I tend to focus on
0: yeah are you involved in in all 300 or are you mostly um, busy with uh, with the management with the management layers yeah well I have to
1: yeah so you have to basically be engaged with a couple different layers of management and then you mm-hmm. have to get feedback from the the staff at the at the actual level that's doing the work right mm-hmm. um, and, and that's that's so you have to calibrate all that data and kind of assess do you have the right people in the right seats right um, at all times and then always be scrutinizing that
0: yeah what are some of the, the things you actively do to to make that work you have any habits you you use there or
1: yeah I, I think uh, we use a framework um, this this construct from a, a, a toolkit called EOS which is the entrepreneurs operating mm-hmm. system and it has a framework called the people analyzer and the people analyzer is essentially a two by two matrix of uh, right person or wrong person, right person, right seat or wrong seat. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so what you want is all the right people, you know, in the right seat and right people are defined as people that share your core values and behave, uh, with alongside your core values. So uh that that's first and foremost. And you have to set a threshold of like, okay, we've got six core values. Are you behaving it with those core values in mind all the time or not? And then the mm-hmm. second thing is, is right seat, which is okay, in accordance with the actual job accountabilities we've defined for you, do you get the job? Do you want the job? And do you have the capacity for the job, meaning the time the experience, the emotional fortitude, the intellectual fortitude, etc. Uh, mm-hmm. So do you get it? Do you want it? Do you have the capacity to do it? All three must be yes for you to be in the right seat. And, uh, you know, so so sometimes people get the job, but they don't want the job and they don't have it, but they might have the capacity. Sometimes they don't get it. Sometimes they just don't have the time capacity. So mm-hmm. always be calibrating that with everybody and assessing that is really important. And we, yeah. we systemize that with our uh, understanding of, the appropriateness of our staff for different um, positions in the company.
0: Yeah. And and how do you go about getting like this uh, detailed feedback from from everyone, not just your direct reports? How do you go about that?
1: Yeah, so a lot of it's manager assessments, peer assessments that sort of assess uh, peer review people on this right person, right seat dynamic mm-hmm. and score people um, and then, you know, have a conversation with people. And if they're not in the right seat, but they're the right person for the company, great. Like let's find them the right seat in the job they really love and are great mm-hmm. at. If they're the wrong person, but the right seat, which is usually defined as the brilliant jerk, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, it, usually that occurs in two main areas in the company, uh, engineering and sales. You always mm-hmm. have these these folks that you're like, oh we could never lose them. They're brilliant, you know, they're they're amazing. We can't lose them. But you find that the team is usually you know is is being devastated by their presence uh, you got to get rid of those people and that's the hardest hardest people to get rid of wrong person wrong seat that's pretty easy um, you know,
0: yeah you to fire them yeah you mentioned that you spend your 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 I mean your responsibilities are in three areas like it's, it's vision and strategy it's people hiring all this and it's um, it's uh, finance it's basically resources, resources. Capital. Yeah, you're not spending any time right now on resources, right? No, no, not a
1: lot. I mean, I would also, I would also call clarity resource, <laughs> um, but uh, so to that extent, that that is where I spend my time with trying to create clarity. And yeah, that's yeah. that's challenging when you have that many people that think differently.
0: Yeah,
1: and you have so a
0: strategy. So how, how do you spend? I mean, divide your time between vision and strategy and 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 people uh is it is it yeah, 50, 50
1: or is it 60 or 70 percent on people right now mm-hmm. um probably 25 percent on vision and the remainder is uh resources got it and that's right now now if i was fundraising <laughs> it would probably be 90 percent on resources because that's like a full-time thing until you get it done
0: yeah uh, uh. Uh, what are are there any things you still like do operationally, or is it is it all at the at the higher level?
1: Um, there there are things that I do operationally. Usually, that's a function of I don't have the right person in the right seat. If that's happening, mm-hmm. um, uh, so I still handle really big relationships. I still handle uh, corp dev in terms mm-hmm. of evaluating companies that are potential acquisitions for us mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, yeah, those are the main things that I, I do myself.
0: Yeah, got it. And, and what do you think as as a founder of Full Contact that you, you bring as skills to the business? What is it like that you do well?
1: Yeah, so I, I guess uh, based on my peer feedback, I'll say that w- yeah. what, what people tell me is that um, I have a, a strange ability to connect both a vision with, Actual market value and enterprise value, right? So, like, mm-hmm. uh, not just some cool product, but some cool product people value. And mm-hmm. then, um, uh, in terms of leading through emotion rather than logic, I, I'm I'm good at uh, leading through emotion and inspiring a shared a shared vision, right? And so that that's yeah. the the feedback I receive.
0: Ah, oh, that's cool. So, so it basically means that you. You are able to connect things very well and, and and lead the team effectively.
1: Yeah, and that's the that's the sort of let's 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 you know that's the ten year target. Let's go get it, everybody. Everybody gets <laughs> it up. Whether I'm good at orchestrating the short term stuff is very questionable. Yeah. Um, uh, and I have other staff that really handles that piece. Right. Where are we going to go quarterly, week to week,
0: that sort mm-hmm. of Yeah, that's what, what you have management for, I guess yeah well what is it what is it actually that's still I like day to day that keeps you going uh, like what makes you really passionate and energetic in your job
1: Yeah I think uh, it's honestly the uh, the people I mean I get great uh, satisfaction from the, the people's lives that we're changing um, at the company. Um, we have a new mm-hmm. culture that's all about the whole person. And so I think a lot of people that work here are on a, on uh some, uh, self exploration, uh trying to understand themselves a little better so they can be more awesome with people. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, uh, that, that keeps me going. And, uh, one of the, our core values also is grit. And so there's something me and my co founder share this where it's just hard for us to stop. I mean, my last company was 13 years. We're seven years into this. So, you know it seems pretty short so far, <laughs> and yeah. there's like just just keep going is keep your head down, keep going is kind of the best way to survive in the b2 b SaaS market, right you, you just got to keep grinding there's no it's very rare that you get b2 b companies that just go explosive, uh, maybe there's a slack once every generation, right, but mm-hmm. rare right or Trello yeah or trello i mean dropbox even took what a you know 12 years to go public
0: mhm right so if if you're talking about like developing the whole self is that is that because is because it's important to you or?
1: yeah it's important to me uh, our name is full contact meaning the whole person mm-hmm. right so personal and professional and uh uh that's just really core to our ethos it's all about people you know yeah I don't like to segment between personal and professional too much. Maybe that's because as an entrepreneur, I didn't segment myself, (laughs) personally, professionally.
0: And what what are some of the ways you go about that? Like like how do you how do how do you make that work in a company? What 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 are the things you do? Yeah, so we
1: uh, we do a lot of um, uh, check ins at the beginning of meetings. So every meeting I conduct, I do a quick check in with people: uh, Mm -hmm. red, yellow, green of where they're at uh emotionally um and it's non-judgmental but just sort of green they're present they're lucid they're calm red they might be physically sick or distracted or just in this lizard brain state yellow somewhere in between and we just actually check in where we're at and sort of let everybody in the room know where we're coming from and that's pretty pretty unusual in a workplace environment but people find it helpful it's not meant to be a therapy session it's actually Mm -hmm. just a Understand what's going on with you set it aside and then get to work.
0: Yeah So you're very transparent of what's going on with you and then and then that way it's easier to To get to work to communicate to work together. That's right. That's right. Cool. It's cool Does it also? reflect in, in, in other things like in the amount of work hours or the, the, op, the office atmosphere or any, any rituals? Or?
1: Well, it's interesting. We have uh, we have an interesting culture that's pretty gritty. So we actually have this notion of work-life integration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually think balance is a bad word to use. Mm-hmm. I think work-life integration is better in this 24-7 global environment we live in it's really hard to actually like turn it off. I mean, we're all big bags of chemicals that come to work every day and we all take our work home with us. So let's at least acknowledge that uh, we mm-hmm. do try to force people to go off grid for a while, often in a, in a vacation mode or on a weekend and say, just pl- unplug. So to force people from not working because mm-hmm. we're on our phones all the time. So it's uh it's much easier to uh, to tell people just, completely go off the grid. And that's part of the ritual we have at full Mm -hmm. contact, something we call paid, paid vacation. Um, Paid, paid vacation is sort of an international uh, phenomenon launched it six years ago. We pay people $7,500 to take a vacation once a year um, in addition to their salary. Uh, But they they have to go off the grid and disconnect from technology. They Mm -hmm. have to, they have to take a vacation and they cannot work to get the money. Yeah, so that's a that's a pretty cool thing that we that we are uh, pretty religious about.
0: And they still manage to come back after these uh, awesome vacations.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do because they want their next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: This is also how you keep them.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, exactly because what happens is the person's partner or spouse starts planning the next paid paid vacation uh, while they're on the, the current one. <laughs> I said okay. Next year, we're going to Costa Rica or the Maldives or wherever. Yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> that's nice. Is it? Uh, how how do you personally stay like mentally and physically fit?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, well, mentally, um, I I meditate every day for about uh, ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah. That's super helpful. Uh, physically fit. I, honestly, I'm not in a good shape right now. Uh, I'm trying to use a uh, a personal trainer here. Uh, I'm actually starting this week with a remote personal trainer, which is a crazy experiment. Uh, yeah. could, like, work with me from on FaceTime wherever I'm at in the world. Because mm-hmm. uh, traveling, it's so hard, um, or at least it's hard for me. Um, I, but I, when I'm home, I do like to do a lot of hiking and skiing uh, in Colorado.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you guys are not so far from the mountains, right? You, you can just head off and ski.
1: Yeah that's right 30 minutes yeah. away from me from boulder
0: yeah one of our uh one of our developers keeps mentioning that he's like you we should move somewhere close to the mountains the guys at full contact you have this yeah something with ski time or so that you can yeah. head off to when yeah we snow, have a or? policy
1: called the powder day policy which is sort of yeah. uh, uh if it if it's snowing just take the day off go skiing you can make it up you know anytime
0: that's cool Mm-hmm. What do you like to spend your time on mostly when you're not working? Things like skiing and hiking? or um, I,
1: I try, although honestly with two kids under four years old, it's mostly family. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of time else. When I can golf, I golf, uh, but but there's not a lot there. Uh, yeah. It's just
0: consuming. Are you trying to limit your work days right now with the kids? Or?
1: Um, you know trying um, but it's it's uh you know i'm pretty much up at five in the morning i'm you know home at 7 p.m so it's about a 14 hour day and then yeah. kids, are, kids are eating dinner and going to bed and then by that time i'm exhausted and go right to sleep
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: so it's just it's just a grind the, those years are a grind
0: and mm-hmm. right. it's like yeah it's hard <laughs> yeah i i don't look forward to it myself personally yeah, but, uh, it's tough yeah, especially if you're combining it with uh, being an entrepreneur and you have to work work really hard, um, I wonder how that's gonna be. Yeah, know, yeah. How you how you just keep it all in balance without without uh, uh, like burning yourself out or something?
1: Yeah, and I think um, one of the things I do uh, regularly, uh, the the rhythm I set up with my wife is that once a quarter. Um, first week of every quarter, uh, I, uh, I take a, a week vacation with my family and then every six weeks. So the mid quarter point, I take a, a two or three day clarity break. Um, mm-hmm. and that's where I can do whatever I want. I can go off by myself. I can go with friends somewhere.
0: I just that's take
1: nice. two days for myself to gather my thoughts at the mid quarter checkpoint. So I kind of have a break every six weeks, which helps.
0: Yeah. Um, what are some of the things you do then? Is it reading books or just sitting on the couch? Or? I've,
1: yeah, I've, I've done staycations in Boulder where I read books and hike. I've gone, uh, you know, drink too much tequila in Mexico with friends. Or, <laughs> uh, I've gone. Uh, I've gone on a you know golf vacation. Uh, I just kind of whatever I'm kind of needing at that moment. Yeah, you know, put a lot of planning into it.
0: Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Wrapping up slowly, also about books. Um, what what's the latest good book you've read, and and why did you choose to read it? So
1: the latest good book I read was the uh, the Three Body Problem series. Have you heard of this one? No. So the Three Body Problem is um is a uh, is a Chinese book that mm-hmm. was recently translated to English. It was like the number one bestseller in China for many years. And it's a, it's, a, it's a forward-looking science fiction book. And the main premise is that, without giving too much away, the main premise is that um, aliens from Alpha Centauri, uh, which is the closest star to, this, to Earth, 4.7 light years away, are invading Earth. And they send we, we find out early, but we find out 400 years in advance because they're traveling at 1 100th the speed of light. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole premise is what happens to the world and society knowing that we've a super advanced alien species coming our way in 400 years. Mm-hmm. Do we have people that stay, go, <laughs> try to escape? Is there panic? Right. And oh, by the way, the aliens have figured out how to prevent any future technology progress on our part. Um, so and then it, it, this this plays out over thousands of years, uh, mm-hmm. and it's epic science fiction. And I I, I I love science fiction because I love to live and be in the future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and uh, I think a, a lot of science fiction is actually quite right if you actually read back, and some of it's quite wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I I just enjoy that because I I read too many business books, and so I, I find getting to science fiction is 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 a way to escape.
0: Yeah. It opens up your mind more than these business books, yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah, another, another business book by some management expert, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it seems that if you, if you, if you read one, then you've read them all, but sometimes there's a, there's like a nice one popping up and
1: yeah. Yeah. That's
0: right. Is there anything you, you wish you would have known when you started out with full contact that you would like to share with people?
1: Oh, um, I think um, I've really learned this lesson that it is truly all about people. And so mm-hmm. a lot of technology companies are, are started by uh, technology-oriented individuals. And many technology-oriented individuals were, were attracted to technology because uh, they weren't people. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can tell a computer what to do, and it, it doesn't you know, snap at you or emotionally react. If it, if it you know, performs incorrectly, it's because you instructed it. Performing correctly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So understanding how much of your job as a leader is about people. And you know letting people know that in advance and really investing both in understanding yourself and how other people interact is super important. And that's the one piece of advice I'd give to an earlier me.
0: That sound advice. Thank you, Bart, for being on Founder Coffee. It yeah, thanks for having great me. Great to have you. All right. cheers Cheers. that's it for this episode of founder coffee we hope you liked it let the world know if you did thanks for listening guys